Hi divas, it's Miss Toto and I'm back for another installation of Miss Toto's podcast that does not have a name yet. Like I've taken a quick like little hiatus because I've been busy traveling and like sleeping and taking baths. Um, but I've been like watching the little views and shit on podcasts, like on my little app. So I see that y'all are still listening and streaming. So now I'm back. I just didn't have anything to talk about. But as of recent, I have been getting more into like analysis of a lot of the horror movies that I've been watching. Um, and connected with my friend Lauren about this as well. And we've really been talking about specifically Midsummer or Midsummer and Hereditary, which are both by Ari Aster. Um, and listening to a lot of these other movie podcasts, I think is really interesting because these are like really serious movie analytics. What are the, what are they called? Critics. <laughs> movie critics. <laughs> and, um, like, I wouldn't call myself a movie critic. I know what I like. I know what I look for in a horror movie. And I know what I look for in shit that I like. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about specifically today, Midsummer, Because we saw last week, we went to the director's cut of Midsummer at U Chicago, which was free. Um, and just to start it off, it was actually the worst experience of me seeing Midsummer ever. Honestly. But, okay, also, <laughs> Lauren, introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Lauren Elise, and I'm a makeup artist and drag artist, and I love horror, and I love movies, and I love critiquing movies, so that's why we're here. So, I'm gonna just start this. If you have not seen Midsummer, stop right here, because this is not one where I'm gonna be, like, beating around the fucking bush and, like, not giving spoilers, because, like, that's how you're gonna get this full critique, but I fully advise you to see the actual one with like not the director's cut i want you to see the whole version and then see the director's cut. i feel like you should watch it in that order yeah in that order because i saw the the theatrical one yeah the theatrical first yeah in i saw it in the theater sober (laughs) (laughs) the second time i took an edible and went which that i think the edible like broke down some of the barriers i had about enjoying some of the parts that were meant to be funny like, in the first time I saw it, like, I did, I laughed once. That would make sense because I definitely was high as shit when I watched <laughs> yeah. them. But I was watching it at home by okay. myself. And there was obviously parts that, like, um, Mark's character yeah. was supposed to be the comedic relief. And I was like, uh-huh, you know. I didn't laugh out loud, but I was like, okay, I see the humor here. But when we saw it, the director's cut with that crowd... They were laughing. I didn't find... And it was like, okay, some of these things are funny, but they were laughing way too hard. Yeah. Especially that one dude in the back. Yeah. But then there's other things that weren't funny at all. Like, why are you laughing at this guy being a dick to his girlfriend? Or like, like why are you why laughing about like, the girl's... The main girl's name is Danny, and like, she's having a complete meltdown about her family dying, and you're laughing at that. Like, that's not okay. And, like, right. And like, she's not- literally having an anxiety attack and like, right. calling her friend and taking her out of van, and you guys are laughing about it. I'm like, it's not funny and it's also not in my opinion like it's not something that it's not like you were laughing at it because florence Pugh is a bad actress like because she's a really she's She's amazing actress so they were just laughing i think it was like the uncomfortable laughs and the whole crowd i would say like 90 percent was college kids Mm. so they just didn't get it but starting from the very beginning with miss danny and her like series of unfortunate events um 
Okay, after seeing it three times, there are, like, lots of little, like, Easter eggs that Ari Aster, like, foreshadows mm-hmm. and, like, leaves. So, we think from the resolution of the movie with her joining the cult, we both have the same theory that Pele set her ass up. He set it up. Because I even <laughs> noticed that in my first viewing, I noticed in the very first scene where Danny's calling her parents, but they're sleeping, and she's worried about... Um, she's worried about this email that her sister, who is bipolar, sent of saying, like, everything's black, mom and dad is com- are coming with me too. So she's just really worried about this email and calls her parents. And so the camera is panning over the parents sleeping in bed, and then you see a picture on their nightstand of Danny with flowers just all around it. And I was like, hmm, seems like a foreshadowing moment. I'm going to see what happens. And then come to find out it was Pele. And then also when she first gets to the, when they all first yeah. get to the commune, the guy, this one guy is like greeting all of the Americans who are visiting. And he only says, welcome home to Danny. Like, I think everybody <laughs> in the commune knew relatively like what, like they wanted Danny to join. Yes. They were going to have um, Christian mate with the ginger girl. Yes. Like, everyone was in on it. So I think also that Pele noticed, I think that's the thing, because the whole thing is that it's a cult. Yes. So what do cults do? They just prey on the most vulnerable person who feels like they're alone, and they give them this fake sense of community and love and family. So I think that because Pele was actually, like, he witnessed their relationship, and he knew firsthand how Christian felt about Danny and what he wanted, that... He knew that she was in a very vulnerable state already. Yeah. And he's like, okay, how? And he well, they both already set her eyes on him. Yes. Or he already set his eyes on her. And so I think it was like, how am I going to get the girl? But also like make her like, I think he was thinking that he's doing her a favor. Right. But, but both not <laughs> like Danny and Christian were both very vulnerable in different ways. Like yes. Danny was vulnerable because of tragedy. Christian was vulnerable because he was just a stupid white American man. He literally has no direction in life. Like he, he didn't know what he was doing for his thesis. He was like piggybacking off the one black character, the one intelligent black, the, old, the only intelligent so character that happened to be black. <laughs> he happened to be black, <laughs> but which I'm fine with. That's great. great. <laughs> and it's like, Christian was vulnerable in the sense of like he was just caught in a toxic cycle of just going back and forth with Danny opposed to just breaking it off. Yes, like, yes, Danny was in a really shitty situation with her whole family dying and you breaking up with her would not have been any better. But you were already a shitty boyfriend for not trying to tell her about your little like Sweden trip. Like that was just shitty from the jump. I would have been so pissed if I found out two weeks in advance. Like you literally are going I out him. of the country for a month and a half or whatever it was. Six weeks. Six weeks and you you didn't tell me. And right. you're leaving in two weeks. Right. But like I understand though because I guess I could see myself in Danny from just being in love with somebody and having this like connection with them because i was already i've also had like some other shit like Mm -hmm. traumas and all that and it's kind of like you end up latching on to this person who you feel like you're getting love from well that's all she had and that's all she had (laughs) and eventually that was all she had especially for because it was summer by the time that happened and Mm -hmm. her parents were murdered in the winter so she had all he had all of this time to dump her 
to dump her. And she also like just latched onto him because that's all she had at this point because her whole family's dead. And he's a fuck ass because he yeah. knows this and he still went through with like being a piece of shit. I wonder what it. month they died in. Right, because it almost seems like it was maybe, I want to say January, like February. January, February, where it's still snowing because yeah. her birthday is late June, early July. Because mm-hmm. she's a cancer. <laughs> Based on her actions. Uh, Based on her actions and emotions. And the way that they even set it up. They're like, late June, mid-July, or early July. And I'm like, cancer. Messy cancer. Um, <laughs> so, like, that whole setup was probably Pele's doing. But yes. then they get to the commune. You can already see, like, the whole welcome home situation. But then also the, like, heavy drug usage but like for them it's more ritualistic opposed yeah. to like let's trip on shrooms right and like that whole moment of like you're kind of breaking down everyone's barriers to make them feel safe safe and like they're having a really good time because it's not like just the americans are tripping like everyone's, everyone's tripping, tripping together but i feel like for the like what are they the where are they from the yeah, the Swedish yeah, people. people. <laughs> like, but they, the, Hels- the people from Helsingland. Yes. Um, those people, they, since they do it all the time, I feel like they're more aware. They actually have a name. Yes. I forgot what it is, but go um, I feel like they're more aware of, like, what is going to go on. And especially because they're, like, very used to the situation. Right. So it's like, okay, they're going to break down their initial barriers by tripping, like, all together on this hill. Then they walk into Helsingland into like the actual like commune. And there was something else that caught me off guard is like they were in the like communal dorm basically. Mm-hmm. And one of the Swedish girls comes in and she was like, oh, all the kids are watching Austin Powers. And, the, and it's like, okay, y'all are acting very like Lancaster Amish over here. And we, where's the where's the cable and the electricity coming from, babe? You know what? They also were using their phones. Like, the Americans were using their phones. And yeah. I'm like, where's the electricity to charge these phones? But, like, I feel like... That's interesting. But I feel like <laughs> they're... Like, either these Swedish people don't live like that all year round. And this mm-hmm. is, like, just for the festival. So, yeah, because I looked a little bit into the actual traditions that he was basing these off of. Like, there are actual traditions that Ari Aster, the director, based the movie off of. And then there's some that's folklore. Right. Or, um, not, I guess you could still say folklore, but, like, also myths and all this stuff. Like, some of the rituals. Yeah, like, like really old, old rituals. But it's, I've seen in pictures from the actual, like, Midsummer event that they do go and, like, gather in a field and all that. So it might be that where, like, the commune really just migrates here for that particular nine days. Yeah. Yeah. So for that particular time frame for the festival, but it was, it was weird that they're like, we're watching Austin Powers. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) It was clearly to be a joke, but it was also like, wait, that's very out of place. But wait, how is this? How is this working? Where's the electricity? I would like to see it. I would love it. Well, also I know that if I'm not using my phone frequently, the, the battery will stay charged. It will. So like, it will stay charged, but if you don't have electricity, sure. I mean, sorry, if you don't have service to be, like, sitting on Instagram and Twitter and shit, like, your phone will be charged. True, true. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Like, they enter the commune, welcome home to Danny. That was, like, red flag. Big, right. big red flag. But then I also like the setup, like, um, Simon and Connie, the, the people from London, mm-hmm. 
who were brought in by what's his name ingmar um which is pele's brother and it took me until we watched the director's cut to really understand it what to realize what at the end we'll get okay okay okay. so (laughs) when connie's like what's that tapestry and it shows you the whole setup of like the, he said it's a little love story. A love story, which is completely a spell. It's literally a spell. It's like, girl looks at boy. She wants him. She writes on a, what is it called? She writes rune. a rune and puts it under puts his it bed. Puts it under his bed. Cuts some pubic hair. Puts it in his food. Pussy juice punch. Hello. Like her period. Like, period punch. Period! <laughs> like, literally what? So, like, that was a spell. <laughs> yes. True. And that was a spell, and which is fine love a good spell and then they get pregnant and fall in, like yeah in well so the whole thing was like i don't think this was supposed to happen i think that it was supposed to be like a love story like she gets pregnant falls in love they live happily ever after except the setup was never really for him to actually survive like it was for her to get a baby it was a, it was like um Praying mantis moment. Yeah, it was for her to get a baby. And especially since Danny was set up to kill Christian this whole time, so Pele could end up with Danny. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. it. That is it. Love that. Um, and then I was listening to a like another critique of Midsummer saying like how there were like not many people of color in the movie. And I'm like, well, you're in Sweden. We're literally in a commune, a small community of people right. in Sweden. So, like, you gave us the brown people from London. Love them. They were great. You gave us the brown intelligent boy who was getting piggybacked on by this terrible white man. So, it's like, I, as a, a black person, and Lauren's also black, it's like, I didn't see any problems with the diversity that were, that was, it's like, you're in Sweden. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not expecting to see black people in Sweden. Like, no. in a cult, specifically, Correct. in Sweden. And then looking at, like, this academic community, it's like, you need Danny to be white. You need Christian to be white. For the storyline to make sense. Right. Pele needs to be white. Right. Because he's part of the commune. So you have Mark and I, you don't want to make the black guy the butt of the joke. Because right. that's just too obvious to be the black person as a comedic relief. So it's right. like, of course, as an Aries doesn't do anything by mistake. No. So it's like having the black guy as the intelligent character, I thought was very smart. And well, I was thinking of something with that. The, okay. So there's this whole scene because you mentioned that Christian was piggybacking. Yeah. His thesis. So this kind of like leads up. Uh, I feel like that's about halfway through the movie. Yeah. So it it it's going. It like leads up to this, but uh, Danny had asked, like she actually suggested, maybe you can do your thesis on the festival, and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then at some point, he sees like just how interesting this is. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to do my thesis on it. Even though Josh has been, been doing yeah. this. He's already been studying this shit before he got there. Like, this is part of a huge thesis for him. And, like, that the director's cut has this extended version of their argument and their discussion about it, Josh and Christian. Yes. And I felt like that was actually very necessary to be in the theatrical version because it shows just how much of a piece of shit christian is because it's not like christian's just a shitty boyfriend he's a shitty person he's a shitty person (laughs) and that's what the director's cut really shows it's like yeah in the original version in the theatrical release you can see that he doesn't really care for danny but it's it's kind of nuanced i would say because at the same time i understand that it can be hard to love somebody who just 
has a lot of like mental stress and all that and having to it can take a lot out of you it can drain you because like maybe you have your own shit going on and it's like i'm already trying to focus on my shit i can't focus on your shit right now too and i get that and that's kind of what the theatrical release showed where it's like okay you can kind of see why he feels the way that he does but you also think like yeah he's being a dick Whereas in the director's cut, it's like, no, he's a dick. Yeah. Like, so no, he's an asshole. There were some parts from, like, directors versus theatrical. Like, I am really happy that there was the extended version at the very beginning when Christian oh, and Danny had the fight after she found out he was going to Sweden. Like, it shows how she kind of, like, broke down and just, when they initially were fighting in the theatrical version, like, the argument kind of got dismissed. But mm-hmm. in the director's cut, it was a full-ass argument to where she then backed down from her initial statement. It shows the kind of relationship that they have, right. which is very manipulative on Christian's part. Correct. Christian gaslights the shit out of her. And, and then, like, ma- like yeah. And makes her feel bad for just asking a question. Which, like, she's like, I'm sorry, I was being crazy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you had every right to... To be mad. To be upset and want to talk about... Why didn't you tell me you're going to Sweden in two weeks? That is a valid thing to talk about and yeah. be upset about. And he's trying to like make it seem like she's just acting out and all of this shit. But she, you kind of see that in the theatrical edition, but in the director's cut, you really see him like manipulating the situation, yeah. and then you can see him reluctantly ask her. And it's sad. And then just it is like. Sad. The other part that they added with the extended version, there was the Josh and Christian fight, mm-hmm. um, which was very important, too, because it also shows further that Christian's a dick. And the car ride. Oh, my God. The car ride was the great. The car ride was so funny. They just extended it by a few minutes, and you just hear Mark just saying the weirdest <laughs> shit. <in laughs> the, the but it was like, it did add, like, a comedic flavor to it, because, like... It showed more of his personality, too, because, like, yeah. in the... In, the theatrical release you just kind of see him here and there but like, like as yeah like the, he's just kind of a side character and i almost thought like why is he even here because he's kind of a throwaway yeah but in this one you see more in the director's cut you see more of his personality and he's just like that one friend who's dickish and just says dumb shit all the time but he's fun to be around but he's fun yeah it's like you know what i guess i'll i can deal with you yeah and then i also thought there there was another there was oh that was really good um, so the rituals in Midsummer that they like included, it was like the pussy juice punch with the love potion. And then they had the testupan where the, when you're like at the end of your life cycle, what are they called? The Horgans? They're called the hor- Horga? Yeah. Horga. Horga. Okay, so Horga. they like commit suicide at 72. Yep. Um, and then what was interesting because when I left the theatrical version, I'm like, if they do this every nine, 90 years. Is it 90 years? Yeah. Yeah. Every, if they yeah. do this every 90 years, like, how do they have, like, how do the people commit suicide when they're 72? So. But in the, in the director's cut. Yeah. They had this other excerpt and he, like, Christian was loosely trying to interview some of the Horga people. He was so bad. So bad. But he <laughs> goes to the girls. He's like, well, how many times have you, like, witnessed the Atistupan? And they were like, every time someone reaches 72. 72 like, so it's lot. like, yeah. So it's very like normal for them to see that. So that's not one of the quote unquote midsummer rituals. Yeah. From like what they, I've gathered. I think the thing is that the whole nine day feast. Yeah. Is the night is the 90 year ritual. Okay. Of actually like, well, okay. Cause they so have a May queen every year. They have a May queen every year. And, they sacrifice somebody every year, it seems, because um, Pele's 
parents when he was trying to connect with Danny about his parents dying yeah. too, and he's like, "Because that wouldn't have been ninety died years in a, in a fire." And I'm like, "That yeah, it wouldn't have been ninety years. He was a young boy when that happened." I think what I'll need and he's is only a list. in his like twenties, yeah, like maybe early thirties. I need a list. I need a list of like what is a midsummer ritual versus what is a ritual of this 90 day of like this specific special or what if they just tell people that to make it seem like what they're doing is special and that could be real and it like makes makes them feel like entices them to stay longer because it's like oh this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and it's like it might not actually it it might be every year it might be every year but i do think the etsistupan happens whenever someone turns 72 right like that could literally be every year well, multiple times a year. year right so i'm like well what happens when they turn 72 and it's past midsummer yeah because i think it just happens when they turn 72 right because so. like when they enter the commune um pele was like this is my sister we're born on the exact same day and it's like they're not twins they're not they were born on the exact same day and we were saying when we were leaving the theater it's like that's kind of cool that you're growing up with someone that you also know that you're going to die with <laughs> yeah because when they had the feast before the Atastupan, that yeah one? that like you can and they had that whole conversation the two elders who were gonna be uh jumping off the cliff they they had a whole conversation you don't know what they say because they don't translate it but even just them looking at each other when they were like yeah. about to drink they just seem so connected with one another and it was like okay, I've grown up with you literally my whole life. Like, you are my sister. You're my brother. And I guess that's nice, but it also seemed like, fuck. (laughs) They kind of looked upset that, like, this is the end of our journey together. We're doing it together. But they, they said that it's, like, it's a cycle. So they're gonna come back like, that baby who's not born yet? That's one of the elders that just jumped. And it's like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, I think it's comforting, like, because I'm I have not had suicidal thoughts, but I'm assuming that if it's part of your culture, it's normalized and you're growing up with someone like that you're so connected with that you're, you were born at the same day and, and you're you going to same die the same day and you, you know, yeah. so you're like, maybe it's comforting despite how scary it is. Yeah. And then even at the, at, at Testupan, they, <laughs> they like have the, their hammer because I guess like, it's not always guaranteed that you're going to die when you smash on the rock i'm not i'm not gonna lie but that dude shouldn't have jumped like that that was clowny <laughs> it like, was babe how, you've seen so many of these and you just thought to jump feet first he just literally like stepped off the like, cliff like stupid bitch <laughs> i'm swan diving i'm swan diving i want to go skull first because it seems like that's the point yeah is to be face first miss thing did it right she did. Miss Thing, Miss Elder like, did it right. How did you not learn? Like, learn. <laughs> look at the material. Look at the, <laughs> look at the material. Like, you've seen how many of these and you still didn't get it right? But of course we needed that for the the horror. The drama. Yeah. It was so good. It was, and I love how everybody who, clearly anybody who's like normal, um, <laughs> how we're going to have this like normal visceral reaction of like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is fucked up. Don't do it. And everybody else who's part of the commune is like, what the hell is their problem? Like, yeah. why are they freaking out? I'm like, <laughs> right. I probably, why would we know about that? <laughs> I probably would have had a reaction similar to Danny's at that moment. Not the post reaction. Like, she kind of froze and was kind of like. She grabbed onto Christian right as the woman was about to jump. And then once she actually fell, she was like. Oop. It was one of those, I'm in shock and I can't, I'm just. I'm that would scared. be me. I would I'm be like, flatlined. Like, that's it. I probably would have puked. Who, who puked? 
I feel like somebody. I think somebody did throw. Someone up. threw up. Was it no? Was Mark, it Christian? Mark was sleeping. Christian probably threw up. Was because Simon yeah. and Connie were having a meltdown. Yeah, they were. This is fucked. This, this is, is so fucked. This is so fucked. You're all so fucked. <laughs> Which I think also that was like major red flags. Like them having the meltdown. You should have known. Just okay. This is America. Like at a very like woke time. There's no point in time when I'm like, I'm going to go on a road trip to with my best gal friends into the woods far away from technology or signal or anything and think that I'm going to escape fine. So like that Simon and Connie trying to leave, obviously something's not going to go right. They did them so dirty, though. OK, yeah, they had to. Li- they so they lie. OK, so they, did did they? I caught this in the director's cut. Was Connie tossed in the water? So here's what I saw. Okay, so by the time we watched the director's cut is when I actually heard her screaming. Okay. I don't think I heard, I don't remember hearing her scream in the original version. I remember hearing her scream because people, but it, they, they extended it or something because I like, think they made it, did they make it louder? Cause, louder. Because everybody heard it. There were like three they separate showed, cuts. Yeah, they showed everybody, they showed Josh, Mark. And Danny. And Danny all hearing it. And it was like. Okay, but then when you see her dead body later, she looked bloated. She was wet, too. So, Oh, I even noticed So here's what I, I caught. This is what I put together. So in the director's cut, there's a whole scene of another ritual where they, like, sa- they like sacrifice a decorated tree to the water, to Mother Nature mm-hmm. or something. Um, and then one of the people in the commune is like, well, she's still hungry. We have to sacrifice someone else. Is anyone going to step forward? And this is all an act. It's all a setup. And I think it's a setup to see Danny's reaction, to see like what's going to happen. Because out of nowhere, this little boy shows up covered in weights. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like ready. I'll do it. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not brave for going home because they're like, you're so brave, little yeah. one. And- Whether it's theatrics for Danny or just like theatrics for the like ritual. I think maybe it's like, let's be funny. Like, I don't know if they're just trying to have fun and like spook everybody, all of the outsiders, not just Danny, but just all of the outsiders. Like, hey, you want to fuck with them a little bit? Yeah. And like, I don't know. Or maybe it's something that's because Pele did say that they're very theatrical. So maybe it's just something that they do. Yeah, because that little boy, that little boy was covered in weights already. But here's what I watched. So. When they're wheeling Connie's dead body. Also, this to the is temple. the only night scene. Yeah, which was not in the theatrical version. Yeah. So they're wheeling Connie's body to the temple, and what I noticed is she's soaking wet, mm. and she's wearing the weight, the weight okay. that the little boy was wearing. So I'm like, maybe they did still sacrifice somebody, yeah. but it was her instead of the little boy. Yeah, because because ev- the nine people who die yeah. are all sacrifices. So there were the two that were like stuffed like Christmas chickens. You have Christian, who Danny sacrificed. Mark was fucking skinned. Mark was skinned, which that was fully his fault. Yes. Like, I, I don't feel bad about that. Okay. Kill. The <clears throat> thing is, is that at uh, first I don't feel bad. I felt kind of like, well, he didn't know. But at the same time. In no, no, general. No. I mean, why are you peeing on a tree? Why are you peeing in public? I don't know. Americans. True. And, but then he's like, I'm. I didn't know, and y'all didn't tell me. Like, the way he reacted instead of being remorseful is or, where I'm like, okay, well, you deserve it. Or apologetic. Yeah, he wasn't, he was. He didn't feel any kind of remorse, or he didn't apologize for it. 
But it did make for some great comedy of that dude who was really upset at him, just like staring at him yeah. from across the table. That was that was great. <laughs> he was just like that dude is still upset. He won't stop staring at me. Just like, that dude was crying. They're like, oh, he's just a sensitive one. Yeah, no, he's gonna fucking murder you. <laughs> right? um, like he probably would okay. Josh's him. kill was set up to be exactly what it was. So I don't think Josh's kill would have been as deserving if he wasn't being a dumb American about it. Yes, he was entitled as fuck. They were like, hey, don't take pictures of the... Sacred book. The, the... It's the sacred book that... Wait, let's get into this because <laughs> this is the contradiction. Let's discuss the contradiction. So when Christian's bitch ass is trying to interview people, he ends up asking about inbreeding mm-hmm. to someone. Was it the same guy that spoke yeah. to him? Or was... Okay. Same guy. So... Christian asked this guy about inbreeding and he's like, no, no, no. That's why we try to bring outsiders in. We, we, you know, respect the taboo of inbreeding. Then cut to Josh <laughs> and dude is showing Josh the scroll. And it's just like, not a scroll, but a book with all of the sacred text and just paint. Finger paint. F- finger paint just smeared all over it. And he's like, so we have an oracle and the oracle paints on the book and we the elders interpret it (laughs) and he's like okay and he's like yeah so our oracle right now is reuben and reuben has facial deformities and so well he's unclouded he's unclouded so josh is like reuben is the disabled person and he's like yeah so he's unclouded in thought and all this stuff and he's like Oh, okay. And he's like, so do you always pick people who are unclouded? Like, he's like, like t- trying to yeah. insinuate that it's all like disabled people. And he's like, oh no, all of our oracles are a product of inbreeding. What? Right. So I'm like, so y'all. Step res- this up. So y'all respect the taboo of inbreeding, well, but you inbreed for your oracles. Like, I feel like they're just trying to fuck with everybody. Yeah. And the craziest part about it. Is that they fuck with everyone in the most casual way. Yeah. Like, it's so nice and just relaxed. Like, when Connie and um, Simon. Simon, when they're getting separated or whatever, it was like the whole commune knows. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, uh, Simon was taken to the train and there was only room for one person in the car. But he's coming right back for you and he's going to take you to the train like, too. Like, everyone's in, in on it. In 30 minutes. Literally everyone, like, because there were other people who were like, oh, yeah, I saw him go for the train. I saw, like, Joseph take yeah. him to the train. And it's like, how the fuck did you know this, Beth? Like, what? I don't, like, nobody was even talking to you. It was At somebody all. else. <laughs> so then another guy's like, I can attest to that. I, I was there. Him. Yeah, I took him. <laughs> I was the one. But it was like, okay, so everybody's in on it. And they just say it so nonchalantly. And, like. Do you believe it? Yeah, because it's not even suspect. Like, obviously, as a viewer, it's suspect. But if, if you're there, you you're were like, actually there, you Oh, I guess. I mean, multiple people saw this. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, no, no, no. The first guy seems suspect, but then it's like, well, when you start hearing literally everybody else, like, okay, maybe it did happen, but that's still weird. But well, okay. I also saw the setup happen with, um, oh, her name's Maya. So once Christian, like, oh, yeah, ritualistically Maya. fucks Maya. We didn't know her name in the theatrical version, did we? I, yes, but like it was not as heavily like this is Maya, this is Maya, this is Maya. Right. It was like mentioned once. Okay. So as far as Maya is concerned, 
Like, once Christian, like, comes to after he, like, like fucks her, he, like, is running out, like, can't really find a place to go because he's, like, naked and afraid and stressed. Literally. Of course, he goes into the one building where the elders are with this, like, paralyzed powder because, like, that's the only, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they have it set up to where, like, they know he's going to panic and they know he's going to run. And this is the only option of a Yo, place for him to go. what if that's what they interpreted from these... From the Oracle. You you know? My favorite <laughs> part, though, was in the director's cut. Miss Tang. Miss Tang in the cottage. She is at the S2 Tupan or whatever. And the bitch is reading from the book. And it, it pans to the top of the book. And it's literally her singing from the finger painting book. Right. I was like, <laughs> this is so sickening. Like, like I was <laughs> cracking up because she's just like, and you're like oh okay she getting into the rituals and then you look at the book and i'm like it's finger painted it's literally like all the colors finger painted together yeah (laughs) Yeah, it was just crazy and you can see a little bit of like text behind some parts but like you can't read shit so yeah so josh's death deserved because he was using a flash and being a dumb american connie and simon they had a meltdown okay but why was he using a flash when there was literally an overhead light like you didn't even need the flash it's Right there. It's an overhead flash. So, Josh, and then they, like, buried him in the garden. Like, right, what? His leg, down, his leg out. One foot just out. Leg out. So that was interesting. Um, which I also think, if you reflect on that, when Pele goes, oh, you know, just tend to the garden. Is he, like, digging a hole? Dig a hole, dig a hole. Is he yeah. digging a hole for Josh's body? Probably. Um, interesting. And then the other death, which I thought was interesting, was... Um, Simon. Simon. The bloody, the bloody, bloody, bloody eagle. So mm-hmm. we both like talked about this a little, like a couple weeks ago, whether or not it actually was real because it's, it was rumored to be a torture method. Yeah. But there's like no actual evidence of it being a torture method. Right. This is like, so if you saw it, you saw it. If you looked, um, Simon was alive. Like he was. Or were they tripping? Or was he tripping? So but could I, could be both, but but yeah. the idea behind the blood eagle is that you're still alive and breathing. So your your yeah, your, lungs like your lungs are lungs out of your back, are being ripped out of your back, and, and you're hanging, and it's just his his uh, lungs were still breathing. Yeah, but he had a flower in his mouth. I mean, he could still breathe through his nose, but like he wasn't making any noise. No, and that that was the weird part. That's where I'm like, maybe he was tripping because, or maybe it's magic. Yeah. I don't know, but. He was dead. He was- so the way that they do all of these um, sacrifices is they have, what is it, like four outsiders? They or have five outsiders? Five outsiders. Five outsiders. Two, two already given. Two already given. Wait, there are nine people. Yeah. So, well, two of them volunteer. It was nine people. It was nine people. Wait, no, no, no. Four, so, so, okay. Four outsiders. There's, there's two people who were all the... Um, the the, the stuffed chickens. The, the what? The stuffed chickens. <laughs> they were the ones who were like the trees with the apples and shit in no, their stomach. No, yeah, because they, that was to represent the... The, the elders. two who jumped. The, yeah, the two who jumped. Oh, I thought they so, were dead people. No, no, they were just representing. Okay. They're like, here's our elders, and they're like, on a stick. Okay. So, <laughs> I thought they were literally people they, that no, they, they like, like made a stick out of them. <gasps> oh, like, like, wow. Um, like a sculpture, I guess, I'm to smart. honor them. Okay. So they had the two elders. There's two volunteers from the commune. Mm-hmm. And then you had Simon, Josh, Mark, Connie, 
and then the mid the May Queen gets to choose <laughs> the lottery or the, someone else. Yeah, the lottery or someone else, and they're like. Well, here's Christian. We just paralyzed him. He can't say shit. Yeah. Like, he couldn't object at all, even if he wanted to, because they used the paralyzed powder, and Ugh. he, like, took a nap and woke up. and like, you can't talk and you can't move, okay? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I thought and, that was interesting, like, just from... So, watching... So, he's, like, in this very vulnerable state, and she... Can't defend himself. And can't defend himself. And I'm like, well, I mean, does he deserve it, too? So, does right. Does he deserve it? So, in, um the theatrical version like you're kind of watching the end and you're like is she gonna kill him that's how i felt because i'm like maybe she'll have some compassion but in but, the, the director's cut i'm like yeah bitch kill get, him. right right get rid so of that's him. why i'm saying you need to watch the theatrical version first because yeah. it gives you a different perspective because it leaves it leaves it a little more it leaves it a little more up to like interpretation in a way or like it it it's not as clear cut right in the theatrical version as it is in director's the director's cut. cut. So what I was going to say is one of the one of the sacrifices who volunteered was Igmar. Igmar. So remember how they say like oh, well, we like to give ourselves away, especially with the elders, they're like we like to give ourselves away. We we basically commit suicide because we like to die without any kind of judgment or like any kind of like shame or guilt yeah and then they also say in before the whole ritual of the sacrifices they're like um free of any affects so affects was not translated in this because it literally means emotions Mm -hmm. the reason why igmar sacrificed himself is because he had feelings for for Connie. Uh, Connie and he had jealous feelings of her being with Simon. Yes. So he and it took me until the third one to be like, eh, that's why he's there. Like clear he was getting revenge on them, but then at the same time he's like, Well, I can't just live with guilt be, with guilt and being a piece of shit. So yeah. I just gotta give myself up. But I was like, that's that's wild. I don't know who the other guy was. And that was fucked up. They were like, you're not going to feel any pain. Take this for, oh for my no God. pain. And then he just starts screaming when he's on fire. I'm like, what? It's like, t- <laughs> I think it was more like, have you been to church? Yeah. Like, not lately. Right. <laughs> but it's like when you're like, this is the body of Christ. Take this in remembrance of me. It's like, here's the the, the you. yew tree. Take this to feel no fear. Then that's the other one. Take this to feel no, no pain. pain. Got you. The, the, the guy, he's scared. But I thought flames. because like, they be drugging people all the time. I was like, maybe this is actually going to be a real thing where they don't feel it because they volunteered. I'm curious as to if um, Christian was able to feel. Right. I feel like he wasn't because he was still paralyzed. Poor thing. But he had to just sit there. It. He probably felt something, but not to the magnitude of anybody who's not like, paralyzed, paralyzed from everywhere except your eyes. Right. Like he's, he could blink. He could he blink? Because they had what? to open his eyes. They did. <laughs> they did. Because they closed him for him, too. They closed him, and then they opened him again. Damn. Yeah, it was... Maybe he didn't feel shit. So good for that's him. Good. I guess that's okay. Um. Yeah. And, I. yeah, watching the, the director's cut, it just was a clean cut. Like, you knew Danny was going to kill his ass. Yeah. Period. And she... Sh- as she should sh- the, the other thing, like, as far as the, the commune quote-unquote cult um that i thought was interesting was like the collective emotion 
that they would feel. Yeah. So you're like looking at it and you're like, is it collective emotion because you're all trying to be on the same page or are you joining in on base like the leader? So you can follow the leader. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was, so like Danny, for one example, Danny's having the meltdown after she sees Christian having sex with Maya. She is like literally losing her mind. I and then I can't get the sound of, the sex hated that in my out of my head I, I don't even want to touch on that like y'all deal with that yourselves that's <laughs> i don't want that and i don't want it like not because it was like weird or grotesque that there were like all these naked women around it's like that like the the mother touching maya while like christian and like, fucking that. singing a lullaby cradling her face while she's getting plowed while she's getting plowed and then here comes this other woman to push him push his no. butt and like get him in not deep. for me and they're all moaning in, in synchronization. It was just so... so it, no. It, it was just terrible. <laughs> and But I like the juxtaposition of after... Because Danny could hear this. Yeah. She just got crowned May Queen. She's having a great time. She's, She's like, tripping yeah, balls. She's having a great fun. time. I just had a great day. Here's all of this collective moaning. Looks through the people. Sees that shit. Spirals into a panic attack. Yeah. And they take her to another, into the, the, the dorm. The dorm. I'm gonna call it the dorm. And they all start, like, it almost seemed like they wanted to calm her down. And they realized it wasn't working. It wasn't. So they're like, well, we just gotta join yeah. in. Yeah. And so, but it did help because she just started, like, instead of panicking, she started just, like, getting all her anger and yeah. frustration out. So it was like this juxtaposition of these women just releasing all of these hurt, all this, releasing all this hurt and this anger and frustration. And then you hear this collective moaning at the same time. It's you're just like, so wild. And I'm like, and it it's so jarring because you're just like watching them go, oh, go, ah, ah, and like, like screaming together. And then, together. And then you just cut to them moaning to get like the other group moaning together. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Oh. But, like, as far as them, they were originally trying to calm Danny down and, like, all breathing together at the same mm-hmm. time. And Danny, like, starts to catch mm-hmm. on. Yeah. She starts to catch on. And then she's like, hold up. I'm having no, a meltdown. I'm, yeah, I'm spiraling. I, I need my Advan. Yeah. And she starts, like, screaming. And then they all just are like, well, it's not going to help. So let's join her. And they yeah. just start screaming with her. And, and you helps. also see that in the final scene, they all don't really react until Danny does. Like, this, the, the little triangle pyramid house. I fire. thought they were screaming because old oh boy was screaming inside. Right. Like, mm-hmm. th- like it takes one person to start reacting for them all to react. Right. And then, like, you see multiple different reactions. It's not like everyone. Yeah, because some people are just like losing it. It's like go stupid, go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like some people are crying. Some people, some people are, like, are like laughing. The one girl, my favorite. Oh, she, she was. My favorite she was bitch. And literally <laughs> grabs her face and like grabs her wrist and is like yeah, jerking herself. Like this bitch was doing choreography. No, I was. She was doing the movements from season one and two of the OA. The bitch was gone off. Like I love fully. That. That's the thing. It's like I think what was. I just need to like listen. Maybe so it was like a personal experience for them too. It's how the, they would personally react. But from the trigger, it took one. It always takes one person, one person to trigger the whole thing. Yeah, because at the whole suicide thing, dude, just he was not even screaming. He was just like gasping. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, oh. and then it, and then they're just like, Ooh! Right. And I'm like Jesus Christ. But then again, because like if he just would have jumped and smashed, it would have been like done deal. Right. Like no one would have done anything. So the very final scene is of Danny going from like borderline meltdown yeah. to smiling. And I love that. And I love it, but I also hate it because the whole thing is like, this is the irony of it all, is that she found freedom. Family. 
and family, <laughs> but like she found like a release and freedom and independence through a cult. Right. <laughs> so she's still not as free and independent as she thinks she is. She's just free of Christian. I think what is interesting is because she like went through this whole experience of tragedy, not having a family, like losing her whole family yeah. to then go to this experience in Sweden, which now in her head, she has a family. She has a support system. But it's like, babe, you were just tripping balls for like three days. Right. Also, just to like circle back about like how she lost her whole family. Pelly did that shit. Because, <laughs> and I know we said that already, but like, look at how her sister died. Why would she tape the thing to her mouth? Yeah, that's weird. Like, why would she tape it herself? That's where I was like, something and up. This shit seems suspect. What's not clicking? Like, it's just, if I'm going to go out, I'm just going to hold it in my mouth until I fucking die. Or well, I think what would happen car. is you'd pass out and then you'd start breathing again. Well, I mean, a lot of people die from exhaust. And it's like, well, she, if, if I really wanted to do it, then I guess I would. She could have literally sat herself in the car. Right, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, she could have just, oh, my parents did. All right. Well, now I'm going to undo the plugs and or the tubes and I'm going to just Probably sit in the it. car. Pelly did it. Yeah. Danny's <laughs> smile at the end is the only reason that you should really watch the movie because that was incredible it was actually florence she's, pugh she's so pretty angel but moral of the story watch midsummer <laughs> the theatrical version first i would say now that it's not in theaters like watch it alone or like with a friend who you think would actually understand it opposed to like someone who wouldn't take it seriously i think the thing with ari aster too is that he's he's an art horror guy and i was telling you earlier or yesterday about how i get a lot of kubrick vibes and like more specifically of The Shining and how that really changed how people look at horror and they can do like more artsy things with it. And even with that, there's a lot of foreshadowing and visual cues and all of this stuff. And the reason why I compare it to The Shining is because I, my own personal experience, I watched The Shining the first time when I was 15 and I did not understand it, but I was deeply uncomfortable. And that's how I felt after seeing Hereditary and a little bit, Midsummer made a little bit more sense the first time I saw it, but Hereditary is like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. I felt uncomfortable. nauseous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is the only movie that's actually made me feel nauseous. And it was even before the horror comes in. Like, before the gore and all that. I think that it's not one of those movies that you are going to get right away. At least the whole thing. Like, you can get the most surface level basic understanding of it. But, like, to really understand the film, you have to watch it a couple of times. Like, I'm on the third time. And I'm still picking up stuff. Right. Because you picked up something. You're like, oh, about yeah. um, Pele's... Parents oh my god fire. i was like i i peeped that shit he's like my parents died second, in a fire it's like oh they were the sacrifice right so i'm like okay that's there's a lot of all it, but this one is a little bit more in your face than hereditary is because like there's literally pictures there's illustrations that show you what's going to happen next yeah it's kind of like a book if you really think about it it's like chapters whenever they show a picture that's the next chapter because that's what is about to happen like that's what the chapter is going to end with that whole ritual is going to be the last part of that chapter and then we're going to go into the next one yeah and it's a story and then when i was re-watching hereditary it was the same thing where i'm like oh they've been set like this has already been set up set up and they've they showed us this already and now like it, it all makes sense when it kind Maybe of culminates together tonight. i've been watching i remember on and off and you're like getting ready watching her at time like psycho <laughs> i know and then i was watching it to go to sleep last night and i'm like i made it about 10 minutes and i'm like oh no i'm going to sleep yeah <laughs> well y'all go watch midsummer go watch hereditary go watch strange thing about the johnsons on youtube please watch strange thing about the johnsons on youtube that is ari aster's short film that came out in 2011 it started to trend what a year or two ago and um i'll put the link up on yeah in, in i, the, I in watched the it and it's 
It's amazing. <laughs> well, we're, if you like it, comment um, and tell us what else you want us to review. I think our next one will probably do Hereditary just to like stay on theme. But uh, if you have a horror movie that you think is fun or you think is cool um, that we might like too, let us know. And it's good to be back for Miss Toto's podcast that doesn't have a name yet. Thanks for being here, Lauren. It's been Thanks lit. Thanks for having me. Um, XOXO, Gossip Gay.